Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Anybody in love with Jesus this morning? Yay. Me too. Man, worship is so good. Amen. Whew, thank you, Jesus. It's good. It's going to keep getting gooder. Thank you, Father. Let's pray real quick. I'm going to be I'm going to be sharing about how a beautiful bride is a powerful bride this morning. But can we can we pray? Invite Jesus to come. Thank you, Chris. Gave me permission to pray, so that's all I need. It's just we're two, we're two gather. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Come on, let's let's pull on both ends of the rope. You know, there's a there's a connection happening. We pull when we both pull, the rope gets tight. Jesus is gonna move this morning. <laughs> I'm just going to keep poking you till you till something happens, till either you wake up or you get mad and leave. One of those two things is going to happen this morning. <laughs> Jesus, don't let them leave. Just kidding. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you for your increase. Father, we thank you for doing something wonderfully and beautifully and powerful this morning, God, because you're awake, God. You're awake. You're ready, God. You're anticipating, you're leaning in, you're eager. Father, you're, you're more hungry, Father, to see this city transformed than we are. Yeah, so, God, let us wake up to your realities, God, to your ways, to your hunger. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to jump in in a moment. Uh, last night was powerful. Shane preached on receiving the wisdom of God, and it was, uh, it was fire. <laughs> so good. Uh, the prophetic was released last night. I had, uh, I had a, a number of people uh, just, just recently. I've, I've had several people come up and share with me that uh, they received healing uh, at a service recently at some point through myself getting to pray for them or some on the team, uh, but they're still, they're still perfectly healed and well. Come on, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I, love, I love fruit in the kingdom, but I love lasting fruit even more. The, the fruit that remains. <clears throat> that was, it was powerful last night. The, the Saturday before that, um, we had a, a great time, and at the end of service, um, that, that Saturday, so a week ago Saturday, our outreach team uh, saw eight salvations out on the streets. Yeah, come on. <clears throat> Listen, if your neighbor didn't get excited about that, you have my permission to pinch them. <clears throat> And uh, eight salvations, and so uh, some of our leaders came up and they and they shared about that, and they saw miracles on the street too. So they started sharing about that. This was at the end of service uh, last Saturday, and then miracles just started breaking out. We had about 30 minutes of miracles just breaking out one after another uh, last week because God is on the throne. <clears throat> 
He's in a good mood, and he's all, always ready to go. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to be in um, Ephesians 5 and, and um, 1 Corinthians 13 primarily uh, this morning. A beautiful bride is a powerful bride. How many people know that Jesus is coming back for his bride? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, beautiful responsive. The, the line just popped into my, into my head. It's got nothing to do with the sermon, but I love how uh, Brian Simmons says, Jesus isn't coming back for a husband. <laughs> he's, he's coming back for a bride. <clears throat> one who's one who's responsive, one who's tender, one who's yielded, one who's given, one who's beautiful. <clears throat> but but Jesus's version of a beautiful bride is also a powerful bride. Because Jesus himself is both beautiful and powerful. Is that true? We serve a wonderful God who is both amazingly beautiful and infinitely powerful at the same time. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In uh, Ephesians chapter 5, open your Bibles to Ephesians 5. I forgot my water. Can someone bring that up to me, please? Thank you. In Ephesians 5, it's a little bit of an obscure uh, passage we're going to jump in on, but we're going to tie it all together. <clears throat> And um, in Ephesians 5, it, verse 22, now let's start in 23. It's, it's husbands love your wives, the wives submit to your husbands, that, that passage. But I want to focus on the husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. But Jesus is coming back for a bride, and we are called to be submitted to him. Verse 23, for the, the husband is head of his wife as also... Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Somebody say glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. <clears throat> now, that, that husbands are the, the head, the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. But this word head there is a unique word. It is head, not as, as in just head of the body, but head, it can also be used as head, as in headwaters, head of a river, the, the source where the river flows from. How many people know that that changes things a little bit? That Jesus is the headwaters, he is the source of life-giving water, of energy of life to the body, to the bride. He is the source. <clears throat> and we're not preaching on husbands and wives this morning, but that also changes that. That husbands are the head, it's not to, to dominate, but you're actually meant to be the life-giving source 
the headwaters for your wife. It is good. <laughs> Let that sink in for a minute. But Jesus is the source, the headwater, so that he can have a glorious bride, a glorious church, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. But a beautiful bride is also a powerful bride because it takes the supernatural grace of God to get rid of the spots. It takes the supernatural, the transforming grace of God to get rid of the wrinkles. It takes his supernatural infusion to get rid of the blemishes. How many people think we need Jesus? <laughs> How many people think your neighbor needs Jesus? <laughs> that, he is, that he is calling a bride likened unto himself. That Jesus, <clears throat> that he commands us not to be unequally yoked. Therefore, he doesn't want to be unequally yoked. Thank you. I'm just waiting. I'm going I'm to see if it catches on, if it percolates, if something pops. <laughs> It's like a microwave. I'm waiting for the ding. <laughs> that, that, that he doesn't want to be unequally yoked. He's looking for a beautiful bride, tender-hearted, but also powerful, like himself. <clears throat> Let's read about love for a minute. Turn to 1 Corinthians. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says this, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Somebody say profit of all. And then it goes and it mentions the nine gifts of the Spirit that are listed there in 1 Corinthians 12. And then in the next chapter, uh, chapter 13, actually let's read the end of of. Chapter 12, the last verse, verse 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts. So it says, earnestly desire the gifts. It doesn't cancel out the gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And then it goes into chapter 13, and chapter 13 is the love chapter. And it starts with, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, how many people would like to see that, but have not love, I am nothing. And it, and it goes on. <clears throat> And then, and then it begins to describe what love looks like. But I want to pause for a moment because I want, I want you to understand that it starts with, but earnestly desire the best gifts. It lists the gifts. And then, 
Uh, there's no chapter breaks in the ori original writing of the scriptures. And then it goes in and it says, if I have things but I don't have love, I am nothing. What it doesn't say is ignore those things so that you can have love. Because here's the deal, the religious spirit has tried to sneak in and separate those things from each other. The religious spirit has tried to come in and say, what, the, what he's trying to say is don't pursue those things. Those things will distract you from the only main thing, which is love. And guess what? Love is the main thing. But in God's equation, his gifts, his power, his anointing is the manifestation of his love. They're not separate things. They are the same thing. That he's a good, he's a good father. And we're going to jump into this more, but it starts with and earnestly desire the best gifts, and then it goes into love. And then we're going to read some more to 13, but I just want to wrap something up in 14. So it goes, talks all about love. In 14, then it comes back to this, the first verse of 14. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And so then it goes back again to the importance of the gifts, Here's the thing. The gifts aren't separate. In, in chapter 13, the love chapter ends with this. Verse 12 and 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know just as I am also known. And now abide faith Hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love, the greatest. But you know that in the Greek, that word is megas, and it means the biggest, the grandest, but it literally means the largest or the widest. It's not, it's not greatest as in the first and only, or the first and everything else is second, it is the widest. And what actually is happening is that love is the umbrella that all of the other gifts are meant to operate under. And are we supposed to pursue gifts? Absolutely. Are we supposed to be a bride who knows the love of God and the power of God? Absolutely. Are we supposed to prophesy? Are we supposed to heal the sick? Are we supposed to have words of knowledge? Absolutely. We're just supposed to do it all under the umbrella of love. Love, love is the widest gift. Thank you, Jesus. How many people think that, and I'm not making a Sunday morning joke right now, how many people think that Jesus is waking up his bride? Okay, I'm about to make a Sunday morning joke. <laughs> Listen, how, how many people think Jesus is waking up his bride? This, Jesus is waking up his bride to the reality that, that has been made available to her. That how many people think Jesus wants to use his bride to transform cities? That transform nations? 
so that he can get his full reward. We're on the same page. Listen, for this bride to come up in a a way that will transform cities, regions, and nations, this beautiful bride has to be a powerful bride. You know, Jesus' bride is meant to get the world's attention. Should I say that again? His bride is meant to get the world's attention, not so that eyes come to us, but so that eyes go to him. Do you know when you move in miraculous power, when you pray for someone at the airport, the airport, when you pray for someone at the airport and they get out of a wheelchair, they don't need crutches anymore, they don't need their hearing aids anymore, guess what? The world is a lot more intuitive than we give them credit for. When you pray for someone's deaf ears at the airport and their ears pop up, and guess what? They don't think it's you that did it. (laughs) They know that there is a beautiful power with you that's greater than yourself. He's waking up his bride. Love and power. See, here's the thing. The religious spirit tries to come in and divide them. If I pursue this, I'm missing out on this. But the reality is that they're one and the same. I tell people all the time, I'm not as impressed with the fact that, it's not the fact that God heals people that impresses me. It's not the miracles themselves that impress me as much as it is the fact that he loves his children so much he chooses to do the miracles. We have a good father. As a father myself, I have, we have three children, eight, seven, and four, and, and my strength in the natural, anything that I have to give is available to my children 24-7, all the time. My strength is available to them. Why? Because of my love. My desire to protect them. I'll step in front of a, a, a train for them. Because of my love. We're gonna, we're, we just moved into a new house. I think I mentioned it last week. Guys, you should be praying for us. We, you know, moving is kind of is one of the most stressful things in life up there with some, with some other things. But we've moved, if you count the church building and the office building, which we do, we've moved seven times in three months. How we bought a house that needed a lot of uh, renovation, and so it's taken uh, months to get that done. And so we we were in several temporary homes uh, while we're moving in the offices, while we're moving into the church. And we just Friday moved into um, last Friday moved into our house. So thank you, Jesus. We're in there, still a work in progress. And listen, I promised my kids we moved on to some property. We're going to build a tree house. I'm going to bring my strength, and I'm going to create, and I'm going to build for them. Why? Because of my love. All that I have is available to them because of love. Listen, if we're going to get the world's attention, it's got to be done in power that is displayed through love. You know, all of us could probably point to a time or a place where we've been a little bit turned off by, quote-unquote, people operating in the power. 
not because the power isn't part of God's design, but because they got a hold of the power and then they stepped out of the umbrella. They stepped out of the umbrella of love, and that's when it got manipulated and funky. It wasn't that God doesn't want the church moving in power. How many people know that boldness and brashness are different? Confidence and cockiness are different. They're not the same thing. That when you are moving in the power of God, when it's covered in love, it feels like heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And listen, if someone, listen, people can, the gifts of God are without repentance. You can grab a hold of something, but if you let pride move you outside of the umbrella in love, you can still be operating a gift, but be out of his alignment. But guess what? Our response isn't to be like, ooh, that gift is bad. No, our response should be like, that gift should be under the umbrella. Thank you, Jesus. It takes power to love like Jesus. Can I say that again? How many people want to be more like Jesus? It takes power to love like Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus never one time made someone, made it his mission to make someone comfortable in their condition. Jesus never one time made it his mission to make someone comfortable in their condition. Jesus didn't hear blind Bartimaeus crying out to him and say, oh, what is it that you need? Well, I have some extra money. I'll buy you a guide dog. Let me help, let me help organize your house so you can get around more comfortably in your condition. Listen, we're talking about love. We're talking about the love of Jesus. He, that's not what he does. What does he do? He comes and he heals the blind. He heals the lame. He moves in the love of the Father. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to catch the world's attention. We're going to catch the world's attention. Jesus is, gonna, Jesus is going to find a bride that is going to catch the world's attention. But not out of self-seeking, not, not with pride, under the umbrella, covered in the umbrella. But is going to move in a way that catches the world's attention. <clears throat> Jesus moved in love and power. Peter moved in love and power. Paul moved in love and power. You know, the early church moved in love and power. The, the, and, the, and Jesus, how many people that know that God never does anything he intends for it to decrease? <laughs> Jesus didn't give power to the early church and then be like, yes, but I want it to diminish over time. In fact, some of the, the stories of the early fathers are so radical. They're so encouraging. They're so wild. 
in, in the early church fathers. <clears throat> this is after the time of, of the, the apostles, the, 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 the biblical apostles. After that time, the early church fathers, there was a man named Greg the Miracle Worker. He transformed cities. He got the attention of cities because of the love and power of God. He would go into he would go into cities and he would he wouldn't go into an inn to get have a good night's sleep. He would go to the alt he would go to their temple, their idols, and he would go and sleep on the on the um, altar, the idols. <laughs> and he would have a good night's sleep. Why? Because he knew who that he was the bride. He knew who was with him. He would go, he would sleep on the altar and break the power of that. He would wake up, he'd have a good night's sleep. He would wake up and all of the demonic power would be gone. All the witch doctors and sorcerers and all that, none of their power worked anymore because he slept in the right spot. Then he would get up and he would heal the sick and big crowds would gather and he would preach the gospel and people would get saved and they would get swept into the arms of the father, the bride becoming more beautiful. How many people think that sweeping is love? <laughs> but he started with power. One of the craziest stories is he walked into a, a, a region and they, they were trying to deny his power. And they said, yeah, if your God is really God, then move that boulder from that mountaintop to that mountaintop. And he said, okay. And he prayed and he commanded that boulder. Doesn't the Bible tell us that the mustard seed of faith will command a mountain to lift up and be cast into the sea? He commanded the boulder to move from one mountain to the other, and the boulder picks up and moves in the sky over and lands on the other mountaintop. The entire region gets born again. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Love. Someone say love. And power. Thank you, Jesus. People often ask me, doing the seminar on healing, led the healing rooms and healing ministries, and people would often ask, well, what happens if someone doesn't get healed, right? They're, they're afraid of the gifts because the religious spirit comes and tries to separate the gifts from the love, like they're, they're two separate things, but they're not. What happens if someone doesn't get healed? And my response is simple. Did they leave your, your exchange feeling closer to the Father and more loved by God? Because if they did, you were successful. Whether they got healed or didn't get healed, that's only the overflow. That's the overflow of power from the source of love, from the headwaters. And if people leave your exchange feeling closer to the Father and more loved by God, then whether they got healed in that moment or not, they left your exchange closer to their miracle. How <laughs> I many people know you can't encounter God more and then trust him less? Thank you, Jesus. A radiant 
or glorious bride that Jesus is coming back for without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. The word radiant or glorious there is indoxa, and it's, it's, it's the conjunction of in and doxa, which is honor, renowned, glory, and especially the unspoken manifestation of God's splendor. The unspoken manifestation of God's splendor. What happens when that bride starts coming up out of the wilderness? What happens when that bride goes out to Torchy's Tacos for lunch? <laughs> what happens when that bride steps into H-E-B? <laughs> Even on Black Friday. <laughs> When that bride starts to move through the city, the city starts to take notice. Because where that bride goes, things begin to change. Prophetic words begin to flow from the source, the headwaters that transform lives. Miracles begin to break out. Things begin to happen that grab people's attention, that people, people are gripped with this reality. What is it that you have that I don't have because I know that I need it? I just, something inside of me just woke up that I realized I was designed for something that is missing. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get the worship team to make your way back up? In, in Matthew 8, Jesus marvels at the faith of the centurion servant. Listen, Jesus marveled. How many times did Jesus marvel? at someone's expression, their lifestyle, the way they believed, he marveled at the centurion. Why? Because the centurion had a sick child at home, and Jesus said, I'll come with you to go heal, heal the child. How many people would be happy with that? Like when you approach Jesus, and you're like, hey, I got a sick kid. Pray for my kid. And Jesus says, okay, let's go. How many people think that's a win? But he had even a higher level of awareness. And he said, oh, no, I'm not even worthy for you to come into my home. You just speak the word. He said, I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers in authority under me. I say go, and they go. I say come, and they come. All you have to do is speak the word, and I know it will be done. And Jesus marveled. And said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. I think he's looking for something in his bride. He's getting the wrinkles out. Thank you, Jesus. He's getting the spots removed. Come on, thank you, Jesus. He's releasing love and power encounters that are removing the blemishes. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when the love of God comes, when the love comes, the power of God is his love made manifest. When it comes, it can come in all kinds of ways. 
Yes, it can come to heal the sick. Yes, it can come to prophesy. But as Shane preached so well last night, it can also come in the wisdom of God. How many people will take some of the wisdom of God? <laughs> but I mean the supernatural wisdom of God where you find solutions where there are none. Where you go to sleep and you have a dream and God gives you the, the, the code to unlock the computer system that your company has been failing because the computer system is down. Like supernatural wisdom of God. Where you have an encounter with God and he begins to show you cures for incurable things. The supernatural wisdom of God. God can... God's power can manifest in all kinds of unique ways. But listen, no significant move of God has ever taken place without the power of God. How many people want a move of God? How many people want a move of God? No significant move of God has ever taken place without the power of God. If a move, if if it's even called that without power, then it's then it's a it's a move of it's a philosophy. And philosophy without power usually takes us into the wrong places. Different different ways. That the power of God can be put on display. Jonathan Edwards, gripped by the Holy Spirit, preaching the gospel in 1741, he started preaching a message called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And the power of God was on his preaching. The power of God. And it was at a time of Decay in our nation that we needed God, depravity, lawlessness. And he started preaching this message under the unction of God, and people got gripped in their hearts and they would come running to the altars, welling because they were aware of repentance. How many people know the gospel is the power unto salvation? The power. And people would come gripped. But what many of the, the history books don't tell is oftentimes that after people were gripped, that their consciousness was gripped and seared, they would come and they would get right with God and they would be swept out of darkness into his marvelous light. And how many people know that in his presence is fullness of joy? What, what many of the history books don't tell is that the, at the end of those meetings when people would flood the altars and crying and travailing and weeping, once people got right with God, usually a wave of joy would hit the place. And uncontrollable laughter. People would be stuck to the floor belly laughing for three hours. Why? Because their souls got free. They got free in Jesus. They, they found the lover of our souls. Thank you, Jesus. That, that message and that move of God was the catalyst of the first great awakening. Charles Finney, 
catalyst of the second great awakening. It often was said of Charles Finney when he would preach that it would look like people, invisible soldiers were going through the crowds with swords and cutting the whole place down. People falling out everywhere. Different ways that the love manifests in power. Hillsong is a great move, church movement, worship movement on the planet. Countless people getting born again through their movement. And my wife Renee is uh, from Hillsong before she came to California to do the school of ministry in Reading. Hillsong is her home church, part of that. And when we go back to Australia, we we go and we visit. And obviously, early on, the first first couple times I was went to Hillsong, obviously very intrigued. Everyone knows Hillsong and come from from Reading and uh, being trained up and. And I was just had this internal question. Hillsong's known for worship, right? But you know they're not they're not known for you know the miraculous and that type of thing. And I'm like, God, why don't you manifest that way? Just internal, just questioning. You know, God, why don't you manifest that way here? But the first time I went, I was in awe. The worship, not an extraordinary long service. Worship happens, powerful preach, and like 300. 500 people flood to the altar to get saved. It wasn't a conference. It wasn't a special event. It wasn't a, a guest speaker. It was just their Sunday morning. And I went back the second time, and the same thing happened. Hundreds of people, just every, every service. People just, and I'm like, this is the power of God. And I went into a vision, right? It's known as a worship but they're primarily known for. And I went into a vision at that moment and I saw their worship team behind stage before they go out to do worship and they're praying for the power of God unto salvation. They're gripped with the reality that when they worship, and how many people know they put the gospel in their music? The gospel is the power unto salvation. That they're aware of the power of God that they're releasing. Oh. So when you fall into the love of God, is the power supposed to manifest through you like Jonathan Edwards? Maybe. Through Hillsong? Maybe. Through the medical doctor who is changing the way that they do an operation because Holy Spirit told them to do it and they come out with crazy results that no one's ever seen before? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you're... When the power of God comes on you, you're going to transform the foster care system. Come on. Come on. The power of God is going to manifest in all unique ways because we serve a multi-dimensional, multi-faceted God. But we need the power. What does it look like? That's between you and him, but we need the power. One more example, Billy Graham. How many people have heard of Billy Graham? Billy Graham, you know, an amazing evangelist, an amazing preacher. His, the, the mark of his ministry was his ability to preach people getting born again. It wasn't so much, you know, the, the signs and wonders and miracles and the form of healing and that type of thing, but it doesn't matter. He had the power of God moving. 
But hidden inside Billy Graham's books, you will find that Billy Graham was very aware of the angelic when he preached. And he even says, he says, I, I could... I would never imagine myself to be able to do what I do without the assistance of the angels of God. What is that? It's the power. It's the power. And people would flood to the altars and get right with Jesus, not because a man in his own ability just preached a, a polished sermon. Yes, he was a good preacher, simple but profound, but he was aware of the supernatural activity that went with his preaching. He partnered with the power of God. And did he get people's attention? Oh, you better believe it. Thank you, Jesus. I got to see Reinhard Bunke preach in an arena in America, and it was, <laughs> it was one of the, it turned out beautiful, but it was one of the saddest things I had experienced. The group that had was hosting him, it became apparent that they were more interested in having the name Reinhard Bunke than the power that came with him. Everyone was dressed up, pristine, and high heels and suits and ties, and everything was pretty, but no one really cared about what was happening. They just were like, look, we have Reinhard Bunke, and aren't you, aren't you impressed? And there was zero conviction when he was preaching. And he said over and over, are you awake? Is anyone out there? And people literally started, he started, he, he was so convicted that, that there was no response, that he just kept going, preaching, he went a little bit over his time, and people just started getting up and leaving. I mean, I actually sat in this arena and wept. I cried. I couldn't believe it. The gift that was in front of them, and there was no response until he made his altar call. People were already, people were getting up, people were leaving, they had lunch reservations and whatever. But when he made his altar call, he just pressed through anyway. He just did it anyway. And God opened my eyes for a moment. And the moment that he began to invite people to come to meet Jesus, angels flooded the entire arena and hemmed them in and started drawing people. And people stopped on their way, listen, on the way to the door, people stopped in the aisles and something gripped them and they turned and ran to the front. People crying, weeping, messing up their nice clothes. Because the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. And we're going to invite the power of God to come on his bride. We invite the power of God to come on his bride. Because <sighs> we're going to shake a city. We're going to shake a city. It's going to shake a region. It's going to shake nations. We're going to shake a city. It's going to shake a region. This is going to shake nations. 
We're going to shake a city. It's going to shake a region. It's going to take shake nations. Fool. Ha fool. If anyone's with us, I want you to stand your feet. We're going to pray. We're going to we're going to have the ministry team available in a minute, but I specifically, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray corporately, but I specifically feel like I have an impartation, the upgrade of power. Now, if, and I specifically mean this, if something is happening inside of you, that you're like, I know that God is talking to me. Not Joaquin is talking to me. I know that God is talking to me. Your head is on fire. Your, your hands are tingling. Your heart is, something is tearing inside. If you know that God is talking to you, I want you just to come to the front. I need to pray for you. I'm going to pray corporately for everyone. We're going to release you. We're going to have a ministry team later. But there's an upgrade, a powerful bride is a beautiful bride, and a beautiful bride is a powerful bride. They're one and the same. His, his, loves and his, his love and his gifts are not separate entities. They are the same thing from one Father, from one Spirit. Whoa. Oh, thank you, Father. Everyone else, just put your hands out. Oh, thank you, Father. Just get ready to receive an upgrade. Father, we love you this morning. We love you in this place. We love you in this city. We love you in every uh, region and, and nearby city, wherever people have come from. We love you there, Father. We desire to be a glorious bride, radiant, God, exuding the, 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 the life-giving energy that, to be connected to the headwaters, the source, Father, but God, I pray that right now that you would quicken our spirits to realize, Father, that your power is your love on display. Your power is your love on display for the benefit of all, for the benefit of all. God doesn't need your ability. He doesn't need your talent. He doesn't need your skills. He needs your surrender. God will do extraordinary things through you, not because you're qualified, but because someone in the room, the, the veil of the heart tears, and they say, God, give me your love. Give me your power so your love can be displayed for the benefit of others. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Yeah, we say, come, Holy Spirit, just rest on your bride. Rest on your bride. Rest on your bride. Father, I thank you that you're breaking you're breaking that political spirit out there right now. They're saying, don't speak up. Don't have an opinion. That's <clears throat> trying to homogenize everything and everybody into, no, we break that right now. We say we are going to get the world's attention, not through ego, <clears throat> not through brassness, but through confident love in the presence and the goodness of our Father. Rest on us, God. Whoa. Yeah, with, with your hands out. Whoa. Yeah, rest on us, God. Whoa. Yeah, bless, 
this group of hungry people this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.